Hello, good morning and namaste. I'm Bobby A.M. and this is When Worlds Collide, a podcast dedicated to the belief that communication is key and it's always time to speak your truth. We're broadcasting from sunny Van Nuys, California within the beautifully low-key Sweet Studio 37 where it's a great place to vibe when music is on your mind. Today, we have a special guest with us, colleague and fellow Pierce College undergrad, Maxwell Benton. Welcome. How are you feeling, Mr. Maxwell? I feel great, man. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Nice. I'm really glad you're here too, man. It's a blessing. Welcome back. I'm Bobby A.M., and we're here at When Worlds Collide with our guest star, Mr. Maxwell Benton. Give him a nice, long, Barry White hello for him out there. Howdy. <laughs> nice. Not expected, but I appreciate it was given, huh? So, we're going into our first segment called Six Cent Conversation. So, in Six Cent Conversation, I lead off with the statement in talking with a friend, and then we'll go into a couple topics that are discussed around the proverbial water cooler. All right, Mr. Maxwell? All right. Cool. So, in talking with a friend, I was informed that ISIS was trending on Twitter this last week. And my three cents on it. War is still active regardless. So when I see that ISIS is trending on Twitter, it just makes me realize that I should be paying attention. Stay educated, stay aware, try to understand what's going on, not just here in the States with our president and our schools, but also what's going on in other places and what's more importantly going on with us in other places. What about you, Mr. Maxwell? Well, my three cents is that ISIS is a bunch of horrible individuals. I <clears throat> do not take kindly to them. And I really don't see how they're trending on Twitter right now, you know? They're terrorists. Their whole job is to to scare you from doing things. And I feel like Twitter is another method they're using to scare individuals. So that's what I think. I think that if we ignore them, it might lessen them, you know, if, if they're not relevant with us today, then how are they going to scare us? Mm. So... If, if I may ask, you know, you used the word, you said the word ignore. I want to focus on that for a second and just kind of think about, you know, this one job I used to have where uh, one of my bosses, he said the phrase, ignorance is not bliss because what you don't know can hurt you. So in that vein, should we really ignore what's going on regardless of it being on Twitter? Because I definitely feel where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say necessarily ignore. I mean... I would say be aware of what's going on, but terrorists thrive off fear, so don't let it stop you from living your life. That's how I probably should have said it. I agree. Don't be in fear of them. So you're saying yes. it now, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad for that clarification. And you know, you seem to have a really, really strong standpoint on this. There's, it, I can hear the passion in your voice, Max. So I just want to ask you, can you speak on maybe an experience you got going on with ISIS? I mean, I don't think anything personal, but. Is it just a natural passion for the fact that they don't regard humanity well, or is it something that you've had like an experience? I have no personal experiences with ISIS. You know, I've I've seen the videos on YouTube and <clears throat> all that. I just think, you know what I mean, any group of individuals that treat humans like that are just a horrible group of people. If they are ISIS or, or not, you know, if anyone, you know, did that, I would think I wouldn't agree with that at all. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that humanitarians still exist out there, huh, man? 
That's really cool. All right. Well, you know, when it comes to this whole ISIS issue, I really do feel like, again, we should stay educated into the facts that we have bases all over as an American army. Like our army that focuses with us, we leave a base everywhere we go. And coming up in May, Iraq is about to have some of its first legislation. So out there in those countries, they're finally, you know, and they haven't had legislation since the last big war that happened that we were a part of. So now that they're going to actually start having the right to be, do things like vote and choose who's there, do you think that will help to make a difference and eliminate ISIS's threat? Or do you think that might just make things a little bit more renegade out there? I think it could make a difference. You know, it really all depends on how the country wants to go. Because ISIS is still going to be there whether they have an election or not. Could the new administration help clean up some? Of course they could. So I really believe it's how they want to go about doing it. And I feel like America is always there to help. Not necessarily with Trump as president, who really knows, but... Mm, I definitely understand that. So, do you have any tips or anything that you can say that to anybody just kind of letting them know this is what you should do to stay educated? To be educated? I mean, just stay up with the news. I wouldn't, like, I don't sit there and research ISIS, you know, every day, but... That, that's pretty much it. Stay educated. Yeah. All right. Now, when we return, we'll get back into our next topic right after the break. And we're back. Welcome back. We're here with uh, our special guest star, Mr. Maxwell Banton. I'm Bobby A.M. We're in the middle of Sixth Cent Conversation. So, in talking with a friend, I heard that Black Panther has reached more than $1 billion in the box office in its cinema sales. Now, in addition to that, I wanna chime in that Michelle Obama has gone on record to say that this film in particular is a game changer, not only because it has an all black, predominantly African-American cast, but it also is directed by Ryan Coogler, who is also an African-American. My three cents on this is I am so happy to see that people are going back to the movies. I feel that experience is such a wonderful thing that exists. It started back in those World War times, World War I and World War II, where the cinemas would be an escape for people getting away from all the harsh times and all the things that were going on. But at the end of the day, a lot of people started just kind of disregarding that it's a good experience just because it was super overpriced. That was a horrible thing, by the way. You know, the pricing in movies was bad. but. Things have gotten a lot better, and to see that Black Panther, which is one of the many Marvel movies that they've done, this particular installment has just skyrocketed and is still in the top. What about your three cents, Mr. Maxwell? My three cents is, this is a win. It's a big-time win, I feel like, for the black community and Hollywood as well, because we're finally casting all black actors. And I love the movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm, I'm assuming you did. I've seen it twice already, once in 3D. And I mean, I want to go to Wakanda myself right now. Like, I'm, I actually googled it Wakanda, but it's not a real place. Just, just to let you guys know if, if you're like me. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit this, even though many people might hate me for it. Uh, I still have yet to see Black Panther. Oh no. And I know, I know, it's a tragedy. It's a travesty that I actually wake up and think about at least once a day, and. I'm 
I don't know what it is. You know, I always, I'm the kind of person, to be quite honest with you, that I wait for the right time. You know, when I go see a movie in the cinema, I want it to be a great experience. I find that when I try to force it, I end up in, I end up in the movie theater with the crying babies and the talking jerks and all that other stuff. So usually when I let it come to and it dims down, I go watch it. Now, I have just been so swamped and busy, but that doesn't change the fact that I think this is, a, is an iconic move for Disney and Marvel. I think because both Disney and Marvel have always shied away from a lot. They've been very restrictive. With this film, I feel like they officially, I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in conversation, I, there was a point where they subtly labeled, uh, they subtly labeled, let's just say, another ethnicity out there as colonizers. And I think that's such a statement in itself to say that Disney and Marvel would still approve a script that says something like that and so broad and so passionate and so straightforward that to me is leaps and bounds yeah you know definitely a great movie i actually seen the other day the spanish are requesting their version of black panther now too ah that's funny that's yeah. funny that's funny because you know the hispanic community has actually been on the rise in the entertainment industry for the last few years now a lot of people have been acclimating a lot of hispanic stuff and i think that's beautiful being latino myself you know what i mean but uh, when it comes to this whole this whole talk off of the Black Panther cinema's kind of stamp on what it's done for cinema, you know, there has been a lot of directors and a lot of producers that don't want to put their names on these predominantly black films because they don't think they can break through on the charts here in the United States and in Europe. And this movie has just changed that entire perspective. And I feel like this could open up to the United States finally giving itself way to doing other cultures the same type of justice so to hear that you're telling me that hispanic the hispanic community is looking to seek their own are we finally going to get to see that diversity and not just have for lack of a better term a caucasian guy in a cape and a suit telling me that he's the hero you know yeah it's definitely a major major step in the movie industry and for the black community i'm, I'm definitely glad I'm, I'm glad that it's out there i'm glad that it's putting through and i will be seeing it Guarantee you on this next podcast, I'm going to be talking about it even more. I, I feel like so. I already know the movie because I've seen so much. So when we return, we're going to get to our next segment. Welcome back. I'm Bobby A.M. This is When Worlds Collide. We're here with special guest star Maxwell Benton. And I just want to say right off the bat, thank you again for being here, Maxwell. I appreciate your time and your company, man. This is a really cool experience to do with you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Nice, man. We appreciate having you. So... We're going into our next and final segment titled, How Fascinating. Now, Mr. Maxwell, with the How Fascinating segment, we go into a couple of uh, topics that are pretty expansive. They're just kind of ideas. It's kind of like a spit and toss, give a little feedback on it. You ready? Yeah. All right. How fascinating is it that clones are already living here in North Hollywood in the form of cloned dogs, cloned cats. It's already got to a domestic level. Yeah, when I think about clones, the first thing I think about is this movie I seen when I was a little kid. Forget what it's called, but it was like some Native American burial site where they would bury like their dead animals there and they would come back. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, Stephen exactly. King. Yeah, yeah one yeah. of my mom's favorites. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's like the first thing I think about. I'm like, holy shit! Like, Pet Cemetery is real. <laughs> it definitely is, right? Yeah. Pet Cemetery I, is I don't real know what to it. think about clones. It's kind of scary, you know. Like, the animals 
then humans are usually next after that. So it's only a while before like there's another Bobby running around. <laughs> right? Ow! How fascinating would that be, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, how fascinating is it that our national temperature has been rising by five degrees every year due to global warming? And at this point, if we continue the rise that it has been just here in California alone, next year, not only will we be 20 degrees hotter for summer, but it'll be like months earlier. We definitely don't need it any hotter here in the valley. <laughs> I can tell you that much. I burn in the summer. You could just drive from Santa Monica to the valley and have the windows down and you automatically feel like the, the heat just like bursts into your windows. So I can definitely see how this five degrees is raising every year. It's not good for the environment. Um, I don't know, a lot of people are stuck in between global warming because a lot of scientists say that it's actually happening, but then there are some that say that it's all made up. I'm kind of like, I believe that it's happening because I feel these effects living in the valley, or maybe it's just hot as hell here. I don't know. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. It is, it is hotter than most places here. We sit in a pocket here in the valley. Now, think about this. In California, in the past few years, our big environmental issue has been the droughts and the fact that we've been supposedly running out of water. A lot of other states say, no, we're, there is no droughts anywhere else. It's just you guys. But if the temperatures rise the way that they are saying, statistically, they're going to rise by next year, the drought is, might just be the least of our problems. Yeah, definitely. The drought. I don't know. I never really, like, needed water. You know what I mean? Like, they say there's a drought. I mean, obviously, it is a drought because it doesn't rain. But I never really was like, oh, like, let me try to conserve water. Like, I don't know. Do you feel like that? I had a friend call me out one time when they came to my home and said, can you please not leave the water running for so long while you're brushing your teeth or shaving? And even though immediately, you know, naturally, instinctively, right, I wanted to be like, you're trying to tell me in my own house. But I kind of stopped for a second. I realized, you know, they made it a point to tell me that because they care and they have a passion for it. And, you know, if they do, it's because they've educated themselves. And if they've educated themselves what they've encountered, or what they've uncovered made them this way. So I trust this person's, I trusted that person, I cared about that person, and now, yeah, I, I actually am conscious, where I was never conscious before, and that was like last year, so that was fairly recent. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, when I first moved here, one of the first things I heard was that you could call the cops on your neighbors for, for having a sprinkler system in place on their grass. I don't know how necessarily true that is, but I always thought that was kind of funny. And then I, I really miss grass now. Like, everything is brown, you know? Like, the uh, environment is crumbling. The fires. The yeah. fires have left a lot of scarring and damage. It's, it looks, it's been pretty bad. So, from clones to the temperature rising to everything else under the sun, it's been a pretty fascinating last few months, this uh, first 2018, huh? 2018, yeah. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, when we return, we're going to wrap everything up one more time. Thank you again, Mr. Maxwell, for being here, and uh, we'll see you in just a minute. Stay tuned. And we are back here when worlds collide. I am Bobby A.M. We've got Mr. Maxwell Batten, our guest star. We're going into our next segment. This is the What is Happening segment. Now, Mr. Maxwell, with the what is happening segment that we got going on here, 
that are pretty much the most recent events going on out in the world today. So our first topic on what is happening is gun control. Now when it comes to gun control, recently, in light of the events that happened at that Florida school, a lot of people have been talking and buzzing about it, Mr. Maxwell. We've got people in schools, people at uh, private clubs, people out in general, friends at the workplace. So, when it comes to the United States, back in 2014, Real Sports with Bryant Gumble did a special where they took a 13-year-old kid known only as Jack out in the state of Virginia in an attempt to get cigarettes, pornography, alcohol, and even lottery tickets, to which every single one of those attempts met with a denied request. But then they head into a gun show that's going on in that same state, and this 13-year-old boy ends up walking out with a 22 bolt action rifle within minutes of coming to the gun show. And all he needed was a wad full of cash. That's ridiculous, you know? I think at the gun shows, there's a lot of these people they not necessarily might be with the gun show, but they're on the gun show grounds in the parking lot. So I kind of hope it was something like that that had happened and not, you know, he walked into the gun show and actually brought the gun in the gun show. That's, that's pretty scary. But I want to touch on the topic of gun control. Because <clears throat> it's like all these shootings lately, Florida, Vegas, it's been a real controversial topic. And me personally, I, I believe in gun control. Like, I was in the military. I was a Marine for four years. So like, I definitely know assault weapons better than most people. I was infantry, so I slept with one day in and day out. And I don't believe they should be on the streets, you know? I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. However, I don't believe we should have machine guns. Machine guns aren't legal. Why are assault rifles legal? What do you think, Bobby? You're in the military as well. Yeah, I mean, well... Thank you. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, first and foremost, uh, thank you for your service, Max. Thank Appreciate you. Thank that, you, too. Man. Yeah, man. Thank you for the support. You know, finally have a way to re respond yeah. with that. But um, I agree with you. Actually, in many of the fronts, uh, one of the things I, I like to look at is, you know, I took the minute to do a little research on it. You know, there was a, uh, on, on one hand, you have people that want to really get stricter on gun control. So there's things that we could do, like what the Australians did. They did the mandatory buyback program, where basically it was a thinly veiled like gun scheme where they took everything, they took all the guns back, they did a buyback program, right? Took everything back and then all of a sudden they banned all semi-automatic, semi-automatic weapons and stuff for, you know, Australians to be able to rebuy back the equipment that they ended up selling. So it was a little sneaky, but it was a way to kind of get back that inventory and then actually only put out, like you were mentioning, the smaller types, not like these massive like semi-automatic weapons or people that have like full on like, you know, assault rifles. You're like, what's the purpose of that? So I definitely agree, and I definitely also see the aspect on the other end that, we, you know, we do have the Second Amendment there in reason. It's there because we are a free country, and, you know, when you really look at the, the spectrum of it, they, the Florida shooting marked the 18th shooting in the U.S. so far, which actually brings us to one shooting every three days. Wow. That's like a real thing, active. So, I mean, where does that put you? It's just scary, man, you know, to think... You know, because we both go to Pierce, so I'm like, wow, like, what if something just happened on campus right now? Or, you know what I mean? I'm like, I feel like you worry more about school shootings and think other things you should be worrying about nowadays in life, like don't get on your exams and stuff like that. Mm. So what, what do you think would be the better 
almost sort of side of the scale to tip over and give a little bit more. You know, because in addition to all the gun controlling and everything, just to take a look, quick little look at other countries and how they're doing things apart from like even just that Australia that I mentioned, China has a completely different policy going on. If you own a gun outside of being military or being an official and legally only leave that gun on the base, it's treason. Yeah, I don't think it has to be as, as extreme as that, but it's definitely something we need to work on and perfect to keep this country safe. I, def I agree. Keeping the country safe should be priority number one. Now, when we return, we're going to get into our next topic, going into how California's legalized its weed. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We're here at When Worlds Collide. I'm Bobby A.M. This is Maxwell Banton, our guest star. Say hello for people tuning in. How's it going, Los Angeles? Yeah, man. It's actually going pretty great, man. The weather seems to be clearing up today, to be honest. So uh, California just legalized weed this year. It's official, people. The fight is... Is it really over? I mean, Not I want to say entirely. it is. Yeah, I doubt it too, man. So let me give you a couple stats. of This is kind of some stuff I pulled up. You got to be 21 to buy here in California. So that's for those of you 18-year-old heads. You still got to get a little uh, time under your belt. One ounce per day. That means about 12 joints worth, if you don't really know how to use your math. Uh, or 8 grams of edibles or concentrates, things like that. So when it comes to having marijuana with you, just so people know, you cannot drive with marijuana in the car. It's an open liquor law, is the same application. That means if you have weed, it's gotta be sealed, contained. If it's open in any way or unsealed, it's gotta be in the trunk where you can't catch it. Uh, landlords can still actually kick you out of your place, Max. Like they can still kick you out if they don't want to have you there, if they have or feel like you are exposing them or yourself to marijuana. And you know, back in 2008, the Supreme Court actually decided to rule that jobs can forego this law completely because it's a state law and not a federal law. So the job can boot you out for a weed test as well. But you know, on, on I guess the advantages side, right now there aren't any THC level uh, tests. They're scrambling to find them, that is for sure. I know, I'll bet you dollars to donuts. I don't wanna call it out or anything into existence, but in anywhere from six months to a year, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have like a alcohol blood level type of test, a BAC test for mm. THC. But for now, there is nothing of the sorts. So first and foremost, do you see a change, Mr. Maxwell? <clears throat> I, I don't see much of a change, honestly. When I came out to California, 2015, that's when medical marijuana was okay. I feel like the only difference between the legalization and now is the taxes, honestly, because California's been a weed-friendly state for a while, for a while, I, I definitely agree. Now, when you, say, uh, when you say you don't see much of a change, right, and only as the taxes, I definitely see the taxes. That's for sure. Every time I've gone to a couple of dispensaries lately, and there's, there's a lot of tax going on. I think it's like so anywhere between 15 to 25%. To be honest with you, that's quite ludicrous yeah. being out there. It's quite ludicrous. But, um, and then at the same time, I know that you had mentioned to me earlier that there was uh, some places that still require a recommendation. Yeah, so actually it's, um, their dispensaries have to get uh, certified to um, be able to sell legal, legal weed. It's not the same as medical marijuana. It's two different things. Oh, so man. a lot of dispensaries right now are trying to push the paperwork and it's all on the city to 
have it completely filled out and double check the paperwork. It's like a long process to become one of the legal dispensaries. But uh, a few had opened up in LA. It's probably like about four now that I know of that sell weed legally. And there's always those, you know, sketchy ones you could go to too. Mm, yeah, that's for sure. There's plenty of sketchy ones around our way. <laughs> now, um, when it comes to marijuana itself, does it feel like it's legal now? I mean, does it feel, is the feeling there? Is it one of those things where it's like, it's still, I mean, you could still get kicked out of places for it. You still could lose a job over it. So what's the real yeah. change? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it's legal at all. I mean, in the aspect of access and, you know what I mean, not being arrested for it, which a lot of people are, that's definitely good. But, you know, you still can't get certain jobs, you know. <clears throat> Like, I remember the VA had sent me a letter, like, although, like, it's legal in California, like, you can't have marijuana on a federal pop property, you know what I mean? So, like, government property, you still can't walk on with weed, technically. And uh, you still won't get hired for certain jobs because of smoking weed. And I feel like society still looks at weed in this way that makes it not legal. Mm. So, since we're getting into the society of it, now I want to ask you, since it's barely been made legal here in California, do you think there's a chance that it could be made completely illegal again? I think it's 50-50 right now. I know the new attorney general, Jeff Sessions, he had made some comments of how he wanted to crack down on the, the weed in California. Some bills Obama had passed no longer exist. But I don't feel like the cultural let them, you know? I feel like even if it goes back to illegal briefly, the millennials of now, you know, like 16 years from now, I believe weed's going to be legal across the United States. 10 right. years, preferably. Nice. When we return, our next segment. Now, we've reached the end of today's Daily Collision, but before we go, I'd like to acknowledge our special guest, Mr. Maxwell Benton, one more time to say, your time is just as precious as I know mine is to me, so thank you for being here. Your opinions and everything has been so wonderful to hear. It definitely kept my mind going. And uh, if there's anything that you'd like to get off your chest and put out in the universe, now would be the time. So, Mr. Maxwell, what would you like to leave with us today? Yeah, so first I want to encourage everyone, if they haven't, to already go see Black Panther to uh, try to make this break more records as much as possible. Secondly, I want to talk about the sec my second favorite movie I've seen, uh, Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. See Black Panther first, but Red Sparrow is pretty good too. Thirdly, Follow me on Instagram at maxout100, M-A-X-O-U-T, 100, numerical letters, numbers. And I just wanted to encourage everyone to have a great Monday. Enjoy your week. 2018, you know, summer will be here before you know it. And thank you for having me, Bobby. It's been a pleasure. Very welcome. Enjoy this time welcome. here. Definitely. I've, I've had a really good time. And for those of you listening out there, we appreciate the time and energy you put into being with us here today. And all we ask in return here when worlds collide is communicate with them, communicate with us, and most importantly, communicate with yourself this day and every day. I'm Bobby Am. 
And I'm Maxwell Banton. And this was When Worlds Worlds Collide. Collide.